Hey everybody, welcome to the Crohn's Fitness Food Podcast, dedicated to raising awareness, sharing IBD stories, and offering support for those with Crohn's and colitis. Together, we can share knowledge, experiences, and help show the world the many faces of IBD. Welcome back, everybody. Today, I'm excited to bring you part two of my interview with Senna Lynn. We'll be picking up right where we left off, talking about her elimination diet, mindset shift, and total detox that helped to give her back her health and begin the journey of sharing her experiences and knowledge that she gained. Senna shares what her recovery looked like and how it became the passion for what she does today. And now, here's part two. Did you notice changes right away as you were going through this process? It's a little difficult to answer that because for the first three weeks, they were really, really tough. And it wasn't tough because of of me eating. It was tough because I was in a detox phase. So I um, I wasn't vomiting, but I was having like these really acidic burps. I, I don't really know how else to explain it, but they burned coming up, but they were like burps that were coming from like my deep, deep gut. And it, it was really hard. I had to like move it in my gut, like from internally, I had to like try to like squeeze it up. I know that sounds weird, but it, it sucked. It really hurt. It was really difficult. And, um, so the first three weeks I was sweating like crazy, like I mean, I was someone who didn't really sweat that much. And so now I was waking up like in puddles, like I was just drenched. I had to shower like three times a day because I was just sweating so much. And I was um, really, really thirsty. I had those like really acidic burps. And so the first three weeks were rough because my body was just detoxing everything. And I remember I was taking Epsom salt baths every single day. No, no, three, three times a week. Sorry. I was taking Epsom bath three times a week. And the first, like the first two weeks, every time I would get out of the bath, the water was like murky, like really like grayish. And it was like from all of the toxins that were being like drawn out. And I was mortified. I was like, why is my bath water gray? Like, oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. And so I Googled it and they're like, if you, you know, that it can happen. How and intense. so it was really, really intense. But before, um, before I started doing all of these detoxes, I had to move out of my parents' house um, because my parents both smoke in the home. And that definitely like made things harder on my system. And so I had to remove myself from that environment. And I think a lot of the toxins that were coming out in the water is I think a lot of it was smoke. I'm mm -hmm. not sure, but that's just kind of like what I am thinking. But mm -hmm. yeah, it, it was really intense. But after those three weeks, it was like I was a new person. Like I was, I had energy. I was able to leave the house multiple days in a row. I, I mean, and for me at that point, that was huge, you know, and I was able to like go to a social gathering, you know, and I was able to do like little things that, I had lost before. And I know that there are very simple tasks that most people can handle no problem. But for me, those are blessings. And that helped with my psyche because I now have gratitude for doing mm -hmm. those things. Like, yeah, going to a social event still drains me. But I'm so grateful because there was like almost there was two years of my life where I couldn't, you know, people would invite me and I would just be like, I'm, I'm sorry, I can't go. So yeah. I'm actually like really, really grateful for that. Um, yeah. And so, during the, during the detox time, I'm assuming you were, after you left the hospital, I don't think you were on any medications at that point, correct? Like the Humira, all those different things, they were not working? Yeah, they did prescribe me, they did prescribe me medications. I don't remember what they were because I chose not to take them. Mm -hmm. And then yeah. were you continuing any of the cannabis throughout this detox or had you stopped that as well too, as you were going through this detox process? No, I never stopped the cannabis still to this day. Like cannabis is my main medication. Um, but during that detox, actually what I did do was um, I started introducing 
capsules of herbs. So like my -hmm. husband and I um, mixed together like herbal capsules and we would put turmeric and ginger, uh, cinnamon bark, aloe vera. Uh, In the daytime ones, we put matcha and ginkgo biloba. In the nighttime, we put valerian and kava. So we, we really used a lot of herbs and, and put them into capsule form. And we played mm-hmm. with a lot of different recipes to see like what helped us the most because my husband's epileptic. So we both had like issues that we were treating naturally. And I have found that my like using this combination, we actually started a business called Ancient Remedy selling these herbal capsules because of how much they've helped us. But I have found that being on these herbs and with the cannabis, like I do not need other medication. Um, That's fantastic. Yeah, it's it really is amazing for me. But it I do just want to preface that like it's not a magic pill. You know, mm-hmm. I I made a lot of changes. So by the time I brought these in, I had mm-hmm. already prepared everything so that like my body was ready to accept, you know, like something yeah. new and natural. Well, and tell me more about the changes because um because I keep jumping in and <laughs> I think I keep sorry. interrupting your story. But um no, it's I'm sorry. But I know so you you were talking about the food and I know from reading part of your story online that you actually went four months of doing just the vegetables. And so tell me a little bit about that experience because I'm thinking those the first three weeks that you were describing here was this, I'm guessing was probably the start of that. So talk to me a little bit yeah. more about that and the rest of that process. Yeah. So, um, so after those three weeks, I gave myself another month of just eating that one meal, like different variations of it. And then, um, so I would say about almost into the third month, that's when I just was reintroducing other food groups. Um, but like during this time, like I was feeling great. I, I literally had never felt better up until that point. Um, and so I reintroduced grains. And what I found is if I eat white bread or any bread that's been bleached, I have a really bad reaction. But if I eat a bread that has a lot of grains and seeds, I'm, I tolerate it just fine. So um, I actually have learned that there are things that I thought I couldn't have at all that ended up being I just had to find a healthier alternative for them. But um, I did learn that obviously like dairy does not do well with me at all. So I am 100% like dairy free. Um, Gluten doesn't, like I said, it doesn't really, it bothers me if it's white and processed. If mm-hmm. it's like organic or seeded or has a lot of grains, I do, I do fine. Um, some legumes I can do, like I can do pinto beans. I can do, um, like hummus, what's hummus? Chickpeas. Um, I can do stuff like that, but I can't do like kidney beans or black mm-hmm. beans. Those are really difficult for me. And you learned all this as you were going through the process of adding foods back in. This is when you were kind of learning yeah, truly was, what you couldn't eat. Yeah, because what I would do was, so I was eating that same meal every day. And then um, like the first day of the week, I would eat a new food. And then I like, okay, like for the bread, for example, on Monday, I ate bread. And then I didn't eat it for Tuesday and Wednesday. And then I would eat it again on Thursday. And so then I would see how I felt Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So like I was really like journaling, okay, this is how I'm feeling. Like this is what I'm going through. And that's when I was able to realize like, okay, white bread sucked. Grainy bread was fine. Um, chicken is fine. Red meat hurts like really bad. I actually mm-hmm. went into like a mini flare after having red meat. And so I was like, okay, like, we're not going to do that anymore. Mm -hmm. But what I did notice was after doing this detox, the flares that I get now from like just any of the flares, really, they're like at a level 
four compared to the level 10 that they were at in 2016. So now my flares, instead, they consisted of vomiting, like massive diarrhea, extreme fatigue, dehydration. Like those were my symptoms before when I would have a flare. Whereas now it's extreme fatigue and nerve and muscle pain. Um, Mm -hmm. So I will take that over the vomiting and diarrhea any day. So um, I definitely feel like my body's tolerance to things is a lot stronger now because I've Mm -hmm. just been constantly giving it what it needs. Like I've been providing it with nutrients instead of depleting it with like processed Mm -hmm. foods. So you did the detox, you did four months, you really, for the first three months, you stuck with pretty much that same meal, then you added in more foods. And you've been talking about doing the detox. And I know just from reading your blog and a little hints that you've said here and there during our interview today, but you said you really detoxed everything. So tell me a little bit more about the full detox that you did. Yeah. um, So I definitely started with like the mental detox before even changing my food or anything like that. And what I did was it kind of started with like breath work and breathing exercises because as I'm lying in bed and I was in a lot of pain, I realized that when I was like properly breathing and like breathing through the pain, and I, I kind of got the idea when I was watching, um, I think it was like Jane the Virgin and she was giving birth and they're like, breathe through the pain. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, that's a really good, <laughs> that's a good tip. I'm going to try and do that. So I remember I was, I was hurting. And so I started like focusing on my breathing. And what I would do was I would inhale for four counts, hold for four counts, exhale for four counts, and then hold for four counts. So I was just like breathing in and counting and, um, excuse me. And I realized that that made me feel really good and it was calming my anxiety. It was calming my nerves. It was, it was calming the situation. So, um, I was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to do this and this will be like my form of meditation. Well, I didn't realize that that's exactly what meditation is, Mm -hmm. um, So I basically started meditating and I, it started off with just like five minutes, like for five minutes I would sit and I would just focus on my breathing and then I would get bored and do something else or whatever, or think about something. And then I would be like, okay, let's, let's go back into it. And then I, then I got bored of just the breathing. And so I was like, I was like, okay, like what are some other things that I can do that is like calming but not like getting me worked up. And I didn't want to have TV on or anything because I was really sensitive to light and sounds and I just had a Mm -hmm. lot of sensitivities. And so I was, um, I was like, okay, let's see what else I could do. And I kind of just started observing my thoughts. And so basically like what that means is I was allowing my brain to think without me steering it. And so Mm -hmm. I kind of like took a step back and I was just anything that came to mind, I would let my mind say it, but I would not focus on anything. So it was kind of just like a brain dump, right? So it was just like Mm -hmm. popcorn would pop into my head. And then I would think about like going to the movies and then I would, you know, it it was just kind of like that. Like it would just like jump all over the place. But then I started noticing that there were like little phrases like, this is stupid. You're stupid. Mm -hmm. Just shut up. No one cares. Like things like that. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. That's like a lot of negativity for no reason. Like I'm not doing anything. Why am I like, why am I berating myself for just doing nothing? And so then I would go deeper into those thoughts. And so like, like one thought, for example, was, you know, no one, no one likes you. And that was something that was really hard for me because at the time of getting, um, coming back from Turkey and being landed in the hospital, 
my best mm-hmm. friend of six years stopped talking to me because mm-hmm. I couldn't go on a trip to Disney World with them. And I was I was too sick to go. Mm-hmm. And so I just got dropped by like my best friend. And that was so, oh, it was so hard for me. But at the same time, I was like, screw you, you know, like here I am mm-hmm. sick and you only care about your trip. Like that is, you are not the friend that I thought you were. I mean, we've reconciled now, but yeah. it's, you know, she's, she'll just stay like an acquaintance. She, I I cannot open my heart back up. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like she really, she really hurt yeah. me there. But, um, so the, the idea in my head was, how like no one likes you you know no one cares about you look when you were sick your best friend quote unquote like just left you for disney and even though like that in reality that's not really what happened um i i don't think i really think that she thought i was faking i really don't think that she believed i was as sick as i was um so that's why i'm able to just like kind of let it go but at the same time, just like, whatever. But anyway, so then I had to like really address that thought within myself because that was a like destroying thought. And I realized that it was something that the more it was popping up in my head, the more I was like self-sabotaging myself. So um, I asked myself, like, why do you think that? And my response was because she wasn't there for me when I needed her the most. It was like, okay, but what does that have to do with you? And what does that have to do with her? And so then I was able to like really break down each and every negative thought and get to the root of it. And the Mm -hmm. root of that negative thought was I needed other people to like me to feel like I was worthy. And when I realized that, it was like a earth shattering moment in my life because it, it was like this, okay, this might get really descriptive and I don't know if it's going to explain it, Mm -hmm. but it's almost like having a ghost in the back of your mind. Like it's always there. It's always haunting you. Every decision you make, it's there, but you don't see it. It's just like a kind of like a cloud. And I felt like that was my cloud, you know, Every decision that I was making was ultimately going back to, are people going to like me? And is that going to make me worthy? And so Mm -hmm. when I realized that, I was like sad for myself because I was like, geez, you base your self-worth on other people. And if you live your life like that forever, then you're never going to find happiness. You know, you're only going to find what other people think you are or whatever, you know. I think what you touched on right there is is really important. And it's interesting because right now I'm actually reading a book called Inner Size. And it's pretty much describing exactly what you're talking about here, where the book really talks about how a lot of our subconscious thoughts, we don't realize them because they're not our conscious thoughts. But there's a lot in our subconscious that really drives our actions and how we think or the things we say to ourselves. And so when you're able to stop and pause and learn to be aware of where our minds are going and recognize like you did, like, why, why did this thought just jump into my head? Why was this negative thought here? And then you're able to analyze that. You can get to that root, that subconscious to really stop it and and change your mindset and the way that you're looking at things. And so it's, I think it's interesting that at the same time you're talking about this, I'm reading the book that is describing exactly <laughs> what you're describing. <laughs> I would love to read that book. That book sounds like it's right up my alley. Yeah, um, I'm inner a, size. Forget the author right now, but it's inner size. <laughs> inner John, size. John Asaraf, I believe, is the author. So I actually was a psychology major. Um, mm-hmm. I unfortunately had to drop out my last a year of undergrad because of my illness. So hopefully, no, not hopefully, I will one day, God willing, get my psychology degree. But for right now, I'm just like focusing on my health. Um, but psych has always been 
my thing. You know, like I, I love psychology. I love the way the mind works. Like it, I'm so intrigued by it. And I've always been very analytical and I've always been very metacognitive and thought like I, I've always thought about why I do things the way that I do or why I think the way that I do. But I guess I had never gone that deep. Like the things that I would analyze about myself were they were personality traits, but they weren't the ones that actually like would benefit me in knowing Mm -hmm. it was more of like the quirky things, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah. So when I really started addressing those negative thoughts and getting to the core of them, I realized that I needed to work on my self-love. And that was a really daunting task because I was like, okay, how do I love myself? Like how I understand the concept of it. Like I get the idea of, you know, to love yourself and to feel good about yourself, but how do I get there? And so I Mm -hmm. was like, well, what if I just do the same thing with the good thoughts as I did with the bad? And so instead of observing observing my my thoughts for negative ones, I started observing them for positive. And so anytime like a positive thought would come like um, something creative or or how, something good that I did for someone or how I helped someone or some anything like that, I really honed in on why that made me feel good why I liked it, why it's a lasting memory. And sorry, excuse me. Um, And then I realized that there are things about me to be loved. You know, I, I love that I'm very creative. Um, Even though I'm not always able to express it the way that my mind thinks. And that was another thing. Like I had to change the way my mind views things. So for example, like art, I always Mm -hmm. perceived being creative as someone who can draw really well or who can paint really well or someone who has this talent that you can put on paper and show to everybody. I never had a talent that I could put on paper. You know, like I tried, I was like a jack of all trades, but master of none. You know, I Mm -hmm. played violin. I did the painting. I did the drawing. I did all of those like creative outlets, but I could never find my talent. And so that made me feel as a kid, that made me feel like, okay, there's nothing special about you. And what I just had to realize was my talent. I am creative in like how I design my room or decorate things or stuff like that. I'm more creative, but I realized that my talent is more so being able to shed light on things in a different way for people to see them. Like, mm-hmm. for example, um, I see things very differently. I'm analytical. And so my talent of being analytical has helped me help other people analyze their situation that they couldn't see because they were too in it, you know? Mm-hmm. And when I started realizing like, oh, okay, so like I do have a talent. It just is not something that you might consider a like a talent, you know? Like a painting or a drawing. (laughs) Right. Or like playing guitar or something that gets you famous for or whatever, you know. And so then I slowly started accepting myself. And I went on this journey of finding things that I liked about myself. Like I made it my intention. Like if I did something that I liked or if I did something that made me happy, I like put like a a pin on that thought and like saved it, you know, to like a Pinterest board or something. I was in my mind. I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. I like watering plants. I like having house plants. So let me have more house plants because me spending time watering them makes me feel good internally, externally. So then I started getting more house plants, which are also beneficial because they clear the air. And then I started looking at my emotions. So Um, I was starting in a relationship with my now husband and I was questioning how I reacted to him and how I did things and how I said things. And I would 
get, I would like take each action and try to find out if they were an action because of me, like that's who I was and I was choosing to make those actions or if they were learned and I was just repeating what I had seen my parents do or other people, you know? And so, Mm -hmm. um, I was able to really isolate myself from others. And what really solidified all of that was understanding my own mind. Mm -hmm. And I know this is going to sound so weird, but sometimes I feel like I can be a telepath and I don't believe in telepathy. Okay. But Mm -hmm. sometimes I'm like, I swear I read that person's mind. Like I knew what they were going to say before they were going to say it, you know, or something like that. And basically what it is and, I don't know if this is a science. I actually need to Google it. But I have become so in tune with my own thoughts that Mm -hmm. when I am around someone else, sometimes I'll get thoughts that, I know this sounds so woo-woo, but sometimes I get thoughts that aren't mine. You know, like they are not innately from me. I feel like they're an external thought. And Mm -hmm. when you go like deep into the science of it, like our brain works in brain waves. So just like a microwave and, you know, radio waves, they travel out into space. It doesn't stay contained within the object or within the Mm -hmm. mind. So if I'm in close, close proximity to someone and we're both thinking, the chances are of those waves hitting us are really high because we're in, you know, the same area. So I believe that when like sometimes okay like for example I was driving and I had a really I was just really positive like I just had a really great I was thinking about something really creative and I was in a good mood and I had just really good vibes and I come up to the stoplight and there's literally no one at the light it's just me I come up to the stoplight and all of a sudden this like really gloomy feeling like just starts coming over me and these really dark thoughts. And I'm like, Oh my God, like, no, 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 no. This is not the direction we're going down. No, we're, we were good. We were happy. Like what's happening. And then this truck comes up and pulls up next to me. And I hadn't noticed at first, but when I look over, the guy was literally yelling on his phone, like, mm-hmm. but I couldn't see it. I couldn't hear it. But somehow, like, I had felt it, like, I had felt that energy, and I had started feeling really negative. And as soon as I drove away, I, like, switched lanes. I was like, okay, I don't want to be near this guy anymore. I, mm-hmm. that, those feelings went away. So and- another, way to, another way to look at that, uh, because lately I've been studying, I've posted a little once or twice about it, but I've been studying a lot about Buddhism. And one of the underlying kind of concepts is there's this emphasis on that we are all connected and you think about it, you know, to be born, there's two cells that basically contain all of the information in the universe in order to create this human being. And when we die, we go back into the earth, there's energy, like you were saying, there's just everything is energy waves. And so once you're able to really become in tune with yourself, and it sounds like you're doing a lot of meditation and a lot of that awareness your brain probably is much more kind of higher, more in tune with being able to connect with the energy from other people. It's just, mm-hmm. it's really fascinating. So I, I am right there with you. <laughs> like it, it, sounds, it sounds wild if it's not something that you've ever thought about before or looked at it in that way. But once you do start understanding the brain and getting into some of the science, it's, it's just amazing. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. Like, when my husband was explaining it to me, I was like, you are so woo-woo, new age, like, get out of here. I do not believe in that. And I told him straight up, I was like, I believe in science. Like, I don't believe in this. And he just laughed at me and he goes, clearly, you don't understand science enough because I am speaking like science. Mm -hmm. And which was like a great wait, like, I really appreciated that response, because it made me be like, whoa, okay, like, he put me in my spot, you know, or in my place. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, so if it is science, like, explain it to me. And then I did more research. And I was like, okay, he's totally on to something. And then I started feeling it myself. And I, 
like you said, like I, I know it just sounds really far fetched, but I I'm just really in tune with my own body. Like and I always mm-hmm. have been, even when I was like ill, um, because when when I did get like once I got my period at fourteen, it took like maybe a year for like things to like figure out. But after that, I can literally still to this day, I can tell you what hour I'm going to start my period. Like that is how on point I have become like with my body. And even then I could tell you what day I couldn't get that close, but now I can literally be like, okay, based on how I'm feeling within two hours, you know, it's going to come or, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to be able to do anything today or whatever. And so I think just really becoming in tune with your own thoughts is so powerful because when you know where things are coming from and when basically like when you've cleaned out all of your closets, you know what you have and you know when something has left or when something has entered, you know, Mm -hmm. but like if you just keep your closets closed and dusty and you just store things in there, but you're too afraid to actually look, it's going to turn into like Monica's closet from friends when you like open the door, (laughs) like everything falls out at you. You know, Mm -hmm. and I feel like that's what happened to me. I, when I started meditating, I opened that door and everything just started like flooding out. And so I had so many thoughts I had to address, but, and it, it can totally feel overwhelming because there, I remember there being a point where I was like, how am I going to love myself when everything I'm thinking is negative? Like everything that I just pulled up, like I had spent maybe two hours in my own head, just trying to get to the root of some of these thoughts. And then I was like, oh my gosh, it's so depressing. Like everything is negative and I'm just constantly like trying to negate them. And then I realized over time, I no longer really had to do that. You know, now it's more so, I mean, there's, okay, there's a hundred percent, there's still thoughts that pop up, but now I'm able to eliminate them before they become Mm -hmm. a problem if that makes sense. So like if I'm like walking in the day and then I'll have like a a bad thought, I'll be like, no, let's, I'm not like, that is not true. We've already discussed this, like go away. Mm -hmm. And it does, you know, it just leaves. So I feel like that has been really, really empowering and really great for my body to exit out of that stress survival mode and enter into calm, peace, you know, like, okay, we can heal now because we're not trying to survive. Like we're safe. Mm -hmm. And I think I really needed to get my mind there. So was part of this process, what got you down the path of becoming a functional nutritionist? Because you've been talking about how you've learned to kind of open up your mind and accepting yourself and really discovering the things that you love and enjoy in life. Is that where I'm maybe kind of guessing, but is that where this path of functional nutrition maybe came into play in your life? Yeah, absolutely. So um, never in my life did I think I would pursue nutrition. Like that would, to me, was the most boring thing ever. I wanted to be a psychologist. I wanted to be a writer. Like that, that's, that was my path, not nutrition and health. But um, after I started realizing how important nutrition is to have good mental health, I started realizing like, okay, we need to stop isolating the body and start looking at it as one whole. I I can't, I can't fix gut issues if I don't fix my mental issues. And I can't fix my mental issues if I don't fix the gut issues. So it, it isn't a one way street, you know, like it's a constant, it's a cycle. And with the gut, in the gut, I don't know if you know this, but I think that it's like an outrageous number, but let's just mm-hmm. say a, about 90% of your um, dopamine, serotonin, mm-hmm. um, I think there was another one, but those those hormones are produced in the gut. They're actually not produced in the brain. And so when we are eating foods that are really detrimental to the gut or are hard for us to digest, it's taking away and depleting us from like the happy hormones. And 
people aren't realizing that like they're thinking when they're eating their food, like whether it be McDonald's or cake or whatever it is, especially if it has sugar, they're eating it. And the reaction in the brain is as if they are taking a drug because the way sugar reacts in the brain, it reacts on the same receptors. Um, so it, you feel addicted to it and you eat the food, but then once it, like your mind is happy because you're like, oh, okay, I just like got a fix. But now your gut, as it's trying to digest it, it's like, oh, this isn't anything that I can use, you know? And so then your body starts slowing down. And maybe for people who lead healthier lives and don't really have like gut health issues, they, they might not notice that. But for someone, you know, like me or people who have Crohn's or any kind of IBD, our guts are really sensitive and the bacteria in our gut is already at an imbalance. So anything that you're giving your, anything you're fueling the bad bacteria with is only going to kill off the good bacteria, which then leaves you feeling more negative. Mm -hmm. So it really is like this whole cycle. So as I was learning about healing the gut and healing the mind and healing the soul, and I was researching them individually, and I realized that you can't do that. If you truly want to achieve healing and you truly want to get to a level where you are one with your body and you are at peace with yourself, you have to address all three at the same time, like continuously. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so then I started learning about, about like how the body itself worked. And I started taking nutrition courses and I started learning like Chinese medicine and Ayurveda. And I started really spending my time instead of watching TV and like wasting away, I was, I was exercising my mind and I was learning and I was reading and I started understanding just how important gut health really is like really, really seriously, everything comes from the gut. It's like the core of the body. It controls everything, you know? And, and so I just was like, okay, if, if this is what I'm going to do, like if I'm going to help other people, there's no way that I can talk about healing without talking about nutrition, but it's not just nutrition. It's also mm-hmm. mental and spiritual. So I was really trying to find something that could touch on all three of those things as a whole. And I felt mm-hmm. like functional nutrition really, really did that. And um, I was seeing a functional nutritionist and they really helped me. And so I'm just like, okay, like this is, this seems like the appropriate path to take. And when did you start taking that? How long ago? Was that a, cause you were 2016 is when you were diagnosed. You spent kind of the next year healing. And so was it in kind of that 17 time frame that you'd started yeah. to pursue? So um, it kind of, it, it started slowly. Um, yeah. In 2000. So, okay. So this this is how I refer to these years. Okay. 2016, I was a caterpillar and I was just like living or like roaming the earth and living thinking that that was all life was right. It was just eating the leaves. 2017, I'm like starting to prepare for my chrysalis, you know, or my Mm -hmm. cocoon. And then 2017, 100% was like the year that I was in my cocoon. And I don't know if you know this, but there are um, a few species of butterflies that after they're in the cocoon, they actually, this is insane, but they melt their entire Mm -hmm. exoskeleton and then rebuild it to form wings. And then once they're like ready, they break through from the chrysalis and they fly away. So -hmm. when I read that, it was so, it was so moving for me and touching because I was like, oh my God, like that's exactly what I did. I feel like 2017 was the year that, um, no, 2018, 2018 Mm -hmm. was the year that I was like in the cocoon, shedding my skin and shedding like my old beliefs and my old mindset, my old lifestyle. And learning how to mold into 
new, like mold new beliefs and a new lifestyle and a new eating habits and stuff. And then I feel like 2019 was when I broke through the cocoon and that, then I was like, look at my wings, I can fly. <laughs> and so, um, during Love that, thank you. I, I really like it. That meant a lot to me. Like that whole analogy. I was like, I really, really, I think it's so important for, especially people with chronic illness because the idea of melting your eco skeleton and then reforming a new body is so bizarre. And that's pretty much like what we do. Right. I mean, really, if you ask anyone with Crohn's like, Oh, what does it feel like? They'd be like, I feel like I'm melting on the inside, you know, like how else do you explain it? So I just think it's such a nice, nice analogy. And, um, so in 2018 was when I was learning about functional nutrition, but 2019 was when I actually started pursuing it, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. It does. So tell me about your business now, because you're definitely doing the functional nutrition. You've got a blog post that was from bedridden to businesswoman. So talk to me about what you're doing now with functional nutrition, how you're helping women. I mentioned it in the beginning, how you're helping women kick IBD's butts. And then you kind of mentioned the ancient remedies. So talk to me about the businesses that you're involved with now. Yeah. So um, it started with ancient remedy. Um, Like I said, my husband and I had been, we spent um, about a year and a half experimenting different formulas of herbs and how they felt with us and our family members who also um, have different health issues. And, um, we finally found like a solid recipe that, well, a few recipes actually that had been really, really helping us like fight inflammation. Um, for me, okay. So my favorite, uh, recipe that we have, it's called fatigue fighter. And basically it is, thebomb.com but its main ingredient is matcha and matcha is like really really great if, if for anyone who's unfamiliar matcha is basically just like um, really concentrated green tea but um, matcha is really great for anti-inflammatory antimicrobial antibacterial um, it helps blood flow it, it um, improves heart health it boosts your metabolism. Like it has so many benefits and it provides you with a steady. So it doesn't have a crazy amount of caffeine. Like coffee has more Mm -hmm. caffeine than matcha, but matcha provides you with a stable sustaining energy that coffee doesn't like when you drink coffee, you crash after a few hours. Whereas Mm -hmm. matcha, it's more of like, it's more of like a slow onset, but then it just stays with you. It, it really, for me, I feel like it really gives my body that boost that I need, you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, so the main ingredient is matcha. We add cinnamon bark, aloe vera, uh, ginkgo biloba, ashwagandha, which is an amazing adaptogen that, um, basically what an adaptogen is, it's an herb that will work according to what your body needs. So um, if let's say I have too much testosterone and you have too much estrogen, we can both take the same amount of ashwagandha and your body will elevate your testosterone. And like you, your body will give you, will lessen the estrogen and like enhance the um, testosterone and mine will do the opposite or whatever. Like Mm -hmm. it regulates according to like what your body needs. So it helps everyone differently. And then, and we really like researched what each herb does, how it helps, what um, dosage you can use, like what herbs you can mix this with, what not to take it with. And, and so we just started formulating these recipes and they've really helped us. We have capsules and a lotion. Uh, we're working on doing teas and bath bombs and stuff like other things that have, oh, I'm sorry. And CBD is a huge, it's also one of the Mm -hmm. main ingredients, (laughs) but yeah, so that is ancient remedy. And that is, um, the business that my husband and I are working on together. And then I have Senalin, which is like my name, but also my brand where it's really geared for helping women with 
um, IBD and really helping women like love and accept their bodies and their lives and learning how to move forward with their life and to live a full life despite their limitations. And for me, um, the reason why I chose to do this is because I knew that I wouldn't be where I am today if I didn't have my husband's helping hand. And mm -hmm. I know that if he didn't guide me and steer me in the right direction and answer all the questions that I had, maybe I would get here eventually, but it would have taken a lot longer. And I really needed that support because I didn't come from a family that was very like health centric. So mm -hmm. having someone who is health centric really helped me a lot. And I want to do that for other women. Like I want to be their helping hand and their shoulder to lean on when they know that they need to make a change, but they just don't necessarily have the tools yet. And so I mm -hmm. want to help provide them with the tools that they already have. They just don't know how to utilize. And so that's kind of how they broke up into like the two different mm -hmm. areas. I think that's wonderful. And I love just, you know, having now listened to your entire journey and how all of these different things came into play, just how much you can connect with women with chronic illnesses and to be able to bring that part of your story into being able to help others is just is wonderful and incredible. And you're finally realizing that dream that you mentioned early in the beginning of using your chronic illness to really be for something bigger. Yeah. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. So where can people find you online? You mentioned the ancient remedy and then Senna Lynn, but go ahead and tell our listeners where they can find you online, maybe what those web addresses are and if you're on social media. Yeah, absolutely. So I spend most of my time on Instagram and that is just, um, my handle is just at Senna Lynn. So it's S-A-N-A-A-L-Y-N-N-E. Um, Ancient remedy. Okay. This, I hate saying this, but mm -hmm. we are still working on the website. Um, mm -hmm. I'm trying to get the website up and running. My husband is running the, um, the Instagram. I think it's just at ancient remedy, but right now there, we are getting it up and started. However, if anyone is interested in doing like a free trial and then just for like reviews or whatever, please, please, please send me like a DM or an email at hello at senalin.com. And we will send over like free samples for you to try for you to see like how you like them, or if it's something that you'd want to continue. If you need a personalized recipe, like that's something that we could talk about as well. We're really trying to get ancient remedy up and off the ground right now. We are selling it like locally, so we haven't mm -hmm. gotten, you know, the, the website and stuff running yet. But if anyone is interested, we would love to send you a free sample because I know that I wouldn't try something like I wouldn't invest in mm -hmm. something if I hadn't tried it first. So I want everyone to have like the opportunity of trying it. And we are really confident in our product. So I'm mm -hmm. not worried about giving away free samples, you know? Yeah. Um, so that is for ancient remedy for Senalin. You can find me on Instagram or you can go to my website. It's at senalin.com where I have my blog posts that I am working on being very consistent with. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and um, yeah, so pretty much that's where you can find me for now. Perfect. I will put all of those links into the show notes so that they will be easy to find for everyone who's listening. They'll just be right there. And what an incredible offer for anyone who wants to try try the ancient remedy. That is fantastic. So I'll make sure to put everything in there. And this is just exciting to, to hear what you're doing and to, to just know that you're at the beginning of it. There's so much ahead. It's really an exciting time. And I want to thank you so much for sharing all of that with us today. Yes. Thank you so, so much for having me. I really like this episode or this interview is so like therapeutic for me because I guess I've always told my story, but like in increments, like I've never been able to just get it out. And so this feels like really, just really therapeutic and be like, yeah, okay. Like now I can see my journey, like literal, literally, lin Linear, wow. linearly, linearly, yeah. there's the word. <laughs> 
(laughs) Now I can see it linearly and I'm like, okay, like point A wasn't so bad because now I see where I'm at in point B, you know? So I really appreciate that. What an exciting place to look back. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Well, we covered, we covered a a lot (laughs) before we go. Is there, is there anything that you wanted to share or anything that we didn't get to before we wrap up? Um, no, the only thing really I want to say is, um, I really hope that if anyone listening to this episode, if you took any bit of good from it, if you need support or if you need just like a friend to hear you out, to vent to, or to talk to, or just anything at all, please, please, please feel free to send me a DM or like a comment or anything on Instagram or in my email because I really, truly just want to be there for you the way someone was there for me. So I really enjoyed like this, this podcast interview. And I just want everyone to know that, like I said, I'm here. I want to speak to you. And I would love if you reached out and we could be friends. That is wonderful. Thank you so much, Senna. It's really been a pleasure having you on here today and hearing your story. So thank you so much. Thank you so much, Stephanie. If you've listened to episode 45 of this podcast, you already know that I came across another gut-friendly company doing amazing things in the nutrition space through our incredible IBD network. Sylvia Tam, founder of Beviva Foods, has developed her gut-friendly snacks for people on the go. Her snacks are not only easy to digest, they're portable and delicious. I honestly love all her purple products, but the purple granola is my favorite. It's made of real ingredients, no fillers or junk, easy to throw into my purse to have on the go, and gives me that slightly sweet and delicious crunch that I'm always looking for. Listen to episode 45 of this podcast to hear Sylvia's personal IBD journey and how she started Viviva Foods. And for 15% off your order, use code CFF15 at bevivafoods.com. Thank you for listening to the Crohn's Fitness Food Podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you have an IBD story, either as a patient or a family member that you'd like to share as a guest on this podcast, or if you have a topic you'd like to hear about, send me an email at crohnsfitnessfood at gmail.com. If you'd like to learn more about me and my Crohn's journey, follow me on Instagram using at Crohn's Fitness Food or visit my blog for in-depth articles about my struggles and victories with Crohn's through diet, fitness, and lifestyle at www.crohn'sfitnessfood.com. And finally, remember, be strong, be grateful, and be the warrior that you are.